Welcome to the Clear Ads podcast, Highway to Sell. As usual, you're listening to myself, Tom Warricorn, and this week we're joined by a very special guest, our head of marketing at Clear Ads, Sarah Lamb. Hi. Welcome. Nice to be here. Yeah. So this week, we're, we're taking a little bit of a step back. We're still focusing on the world of Amazon and advertising, but we're kind of going up a little level. This week, we're going to be diving into the details and discussing omni-channel advertising and marketing, which is why we've got our head of marketing on board. She is an expert in all things marketing. So let's dive straight into it. I think this is definitely a brand new topic for our listeners. I don't even think we've mentioned the word omni-channel or even multi-channel marketing on this podcast yet. So we're going to start top level and we're going to give a quick overview of what those things are. So, Sarah, what is omnichannel advertising and how can it be used effectively with Amazon advertising? Well, that is a good question, isn't it, Tom? So, yes. I mean, most people know what advertising is and what marketing is. So, we'll jump straight in and we'll talk about what omnichannel is and what it isn't. So, omnichannel is about giving a single message across multiple different channels. And obviously, that has its benefits. So when you put one message across multi-channels, a big, broad range of people see those messages. It's right at the top level, usually, in awareness, when you first start with it. And then when you're analyzing, you go right down through to consideration and purchase. But it's about where the message is seen and that consistency of brand messaging. Yeah, I think the consistency of the brand messaging is key. And I think that's something that many agencies might actually struggle to do because we exist in our own bubble, right? I do Amazon advertising for a lot of my clients. But what I also like to do is try and reach out to the other agencies that are in charge of their Google or their Facebook or their Instagram, and even the client themselves and try and come up with some core messaging so that when people are seeing the ads in all of these different places and different channels, we're seeing the same mission statement, the same tagline, the same buzz lines, the same buzzwords that, that mm. the client actually wants to promote for their product rather than looking completely disjointed and obvious that it's run by completely different people. Yeah, and what you're just talking about there is the difference between multi-channel advertising and omni-channel advertising. Okay. So where you've got different people managing those channels, so like us managing the Amazon advertising, I could, for example, as an advertiser, decide that I want to have you running my Amazon ads. I want a social media agency running the social media ad. And actually, I might give you one set of requirements with one particular strategy behind it because I want you to focus on the Amazon ads. And I may give the other agencies completely different ones for their channels. And it may be different per channel. And that's what multi-channel is. It's talking about, it's focusing on what you want to do differently between each channel. Yeah. Omnichannel is bringing it all together under one comprehensive strategy and saying, this is the core brand messaging, this is the core action we want to take. And there may be some adjustments to the images, for example, or the, the medium type. So if it's a video ad rather than an audio ad, for example, if you're doing podcast ones, for example. But the core message and the idea behind it is it all goes to one place at the end of it okay it doesn't go off to different places and it's all measured using the same measurement tools 
So it's slightly different because obviously yeah. when you're doing Amazon on its own, you've got your own set of measurement tools. And when you're using Facebook, et cetera, they've got their own measurement tools. Yeah. So this is where it gets a bit complicated. Why would an advertiser or, or, or a seller or a business choose omni-channel or multi-channel over the other one? So if an advertiser is trying to work out the effectiveness of a message and a strategy and to understand their audiences on each channel better, then omni-channel would be the one that they would choose. If they've already done that research and they know that on Facebook, for example, their customer base is more interested in silly ads that make them giggle and they will then click on it because they think it's funny and see what comes through next. Or maybe it's something that is really useful to them. And you've got a different message there. So the usefulness aspect could work well on one platform, but on another platform, it could be that that doesn't work so well. The funny stuff isn't that platform's of choice. Yeah. Put an ad on LinkedIn, it's got to be more business focused. So you always use the same message across all channels. But if you're a big brand, say you're a, a sports brand, your messaging could very easily be the same across multiple channels and you could tell a story through those different channels. So if someone goes onto Facebook and then they go onto, I don't know, LinkedIn, they may see the next part of that story on a different channel. So they've seen the initial welcome to our brand message. Then they go onto a different channel. They see the next part of that story of going on the journey yeah. with the brand. And as they carry on along that journey, each time they're pushing them closer and closer and closer to those steps to be able to click to purchase. And that's what they're aiming to do. They're aiming to build and build and build their reputation. It's a very different approach to the multi-channel. Okay. And I know the answer to this, right. but do you consider high street stores, brick and mortar stores to be included in an omni-channel strategy or is it just digital marketing? No, it's both. Absolutely, it's both. You can even go as far as billboards and signs in windows. Yeah. So can go all out. I mean, some of the biggest brands in the UK, like Topshop, do it incredibly well. So they will have a beautiful high street store with all these pretty images on the outside and sometimes interactive displays. And then you go down the road and you see exactly the same interactive look and feel, but done in a different way. And you start to see that going from online to offline. And it's just amazing the ways that companies really embrace that, really. And it probably goes a long way to actually helping build the brand in general and brand recognition, not just like the messaging that they're conveying, but the imagery. So if you've got like the same block colors, the same designs, the same fonts, showing off your product or your service in, in the same sort of visual way, people are going to remember that they saw it. Even if they didn't read the words on the side of the bus, they were like, oh, I saw that earlier. Saw yeah. a giant iPhone drive past you or something. Yeah, I it. You start to absorb it a bit more. Yeah. And potentially some of it even becomes subliminal. I think one of the examples I always use is I walk into the shops and then I see a big Coke bottle drive past me on the side of a bus. I was only going for milk, but I come out with a Coke and forgot the milk. Exactly. So <laughs> it yeah. works. Yeah, I mean, even we even do it here at ClearAd. So when we go to events, our event stand is our brand colors. It's got yeah. the same consistent look and feel to it as our social media presence. Yeah. We put the same messaging on our website as we do on our social media and into our physical print stuff when we hand out leaflets and flyers. So it's quite a standard approach to really building up a brand and building up that brand's reputation. 
and making it something that people recognize. And it's important to do that. Yeah. And for any of our listeners, if they're not carrying out a cohesive omni-channel strategy, Mm. how would you advise they get started with that? Especially if they're deep into marketing already and they've just been, let's say, multi-channel marketing or throwing completely different messages and visual creators on completely different platforms. So it's, it's, it's not unified and cohesive. How would someone go about starting or kind of unraveling, dare I say, the mess that they've got into? Well, that's an interesting question. So I would start with analysis. Work out who your audiences are, what your core channels are that you want to dominate. Which ones are wasting your time and which ones are not? Yep. Because a lot of companies do a lot of social media across all channels because they're told you should do it. But look at the stats about where the sales are coming from. So get your funnel into stats and data, basically. Look at that first. Drop the stuff that isn't getting you the sales because you're wasting effort to building an omni-channel strategy there. You can, you can drop that temporarily whilst you try this. And then you can focus that effort on those core channels that are going to make you sales. Yeah. The next thing you need to do is look at what's your brand colors, schemes, messages are, and what ones work for those audiences. You may have to do some audience testing with different messages just to work out what the right messages are for your brand. And then you start looking at trying stuff and testing stuff. And when you start testing it, you need to be looking at the stats regularly. So you're looking for those people that are clicking and purchasing. It's about adjusting and doing really tiny tweaks at the top level that really affect further down that funnel. Yeah. And if you make a tweak on one channel, let's say you want to experiment with changing, not your logo or something, but maybe the color scheme you use is consistently for us as sort of purples, oranges, and whites. If you wanted to tweak that and test, maybe I want to shift from purple to green, would I do that all in one go across the top or would I pick maybe a slower moving channel to experiment in a less volatile channel or would I test that in my best channel or would I just do it all in one go? You would do it across all of them, um, but you may choose to do it with different types of adverts. So... You would test it on all the channels. You would maybe try video on one, audio on another, image ads and text ads on others. I see. Because you want to test as much as possible, as quickly as possible. So not only do you want to test the color change, the brand change, but you also want to test whether or not there's any difference on those changes across all of the different mediums. I see. So you can have a bit of a play around with it and actually cover more ground that way than just doing one at a time. Brilliant, thanks. So I guess we're, we're about 10 minutes in and I think we've given a very good overview and breakdown as to what omni-channel is, how that compares to multi-channel, but I think we need to start bringing Amazon into this wow. as we are an Amazon podcast. Well, your expertise come in. Yeah. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> so thank you very much there, but I think we now need to talk about How can our advertisers, how can our listeners, how can we as agencies and sellers integrate Amazon advertising into that omni-channel marketing strategy? 
we've talked about the different channels, whether that's brick and mortar, whether that's out in the real world on the side of a bus or a billboard, radio ads, TV ads, but we're also in our bubble of digital marketing. So how can Amazon advertising complement these efforts? And I think we've talked a lot about brand messaging and imagery and colors. I think the first place to sort this out is your product, your product listing. Make sure that your product's packaging reflects that image, that branding, that messaging, that color scheme that you want to get out there. Are your taglines, your mission statements, are they on your product label? Even if it's on the back in the blurb, you've got your big logo on there, but when people turn that that bottle round or that packaging round, is your story on that product? Does the color scheme of your packaging match the color scheme of your products and the images that you're pushing out into other marketing channels? We all know that Apple, for example, everything's white, and then they've got a picture of their product, they've got their very simple font, which takes up a lot of space, and then within the product, so on the iPhone screen, on the MacBook screen, they've got those crazy colors, whatever is their latest background, their flavor of the moment, but it's always their product on white showing off incredibly high definition, high pixel quality images, and They've done enough branding that they know people are just going to pick it up and it's consistent. So they need to make sure that their product image and their headline and their bullet points on that product listing reflect that. Moving on from that, there's not too much influence we have when it comes to a sponsored product campaign. So when we're targeting keywords, because the advert itself inherits that listing, which is why it's incredibly important to set up your listing and get that correct first because that's what people are going to see when you push out your Amazon ads. Where we can get a bit more creative is when we start moving into sponsored brands, into videos, into display advertising, whether that's on Amazon using sponsored display or moving on to a demand side platform like Amazon's DSP. That's where you need to also have a cohesive and smooth experience when it comes to the headlines. Because I, as an advertiser for my clients, usually have a 50 character limit and most of the time the clients are leaving it up to me to come up with a message and that's not always easy yes i can use my own creative brain because i like to think i have one having been an art student for three plus years we've also got the advantages of sort of throwing in keywords and prompts into chat gpt now i know ai is a huge talking point and it's going to continue to evolve but also I'd like to think the client knows what their messaging is. If they've built a brand, they probably know what their mission statement is. So if you are a seller, tell us, tell us what you want to hear. Obviously we can tweak it to fit character limits and suggestions and recommend putting in well, best selling keywords into that messaging. So that's something else that we can analyze and feed back to you. That's just the headline. Yeah. Then we've also got the imagery as well. Other than just throwing out a random image with a human or someone interacting with your product, really think about it. Who is your target audience? Have that person holding and interacting or using, eating your product. The background, don't just have a random kitchen or a field or a beach. Is that background relevant to your product? And is that cohesive across your strategies? Even if your background is just a block color. I've got a client who's pushing out incredible creatives at the moment, whether that's video or static imagery. And it's really started on Amazon and it's changed their branding. 
we've worked out that block colors are really good, whether it's hot pinks, bright oranges, pale sky blues. It's very different to what they started out as. Like they had their logo, they had their packaging. But as we changed advertising through different seasons, and this actually really started with Valentine's Day, throwing hot pinks out there. I think it goes without saying why we were using hot pinks, like love hearts everywhere. And it's worked. And we still have hearts in our images. It's not Valentine's Day anymore, but people were responding to it. We just couldn't turn off those Valentine's Day ads. We changed the messaging from buying that image, but buying this product for a loved one to see why everyone loves blah, blah, blah. Tom, do you know why people like that and why people interact with that? Surprise me. Because it creates emotion within the advert. Okay. So one of the key things that you learn over time with advertising is that if it creates an emotion or reaction, people interact better. So heart, love, all nice inside. And you want to keep that feeling. So then if they see a product that's reflecting that back to them, they know that that's going to make them feel good. Okay. So there's a little bit of psychology that creeps into advertising sometimes. That's good to know. Yeah. The other thing that I was going to mention around some of this stuff is with omnichannel marketing, you can give different messages at different points in the sales life cycle. Yeah. So you can base the messaging on customer preference, behavior, interactions, and then deliver those more relevant and timely messages across the whole of your platform. So on Amazon's platform, for example, you could do that across their .com mobile. If they've got products in the Amazon physical stores, then you could do that as well. So there are other ways to also integrate omnichannel into the Amazon advertising platform that may not be as obvious as people think. Okay. And I guess the messaging changes depending on how far down the funnel you are as well. We've already talked about top level and the awareness stage, but our headlines and our messaging is going to be very different if we're trying to reach out to an already loyal audience. Absolutely. Especially if I'm trying to remind them, hey, your 30-day supply of this health supplement is running out by your second or your third or your fourth bottle. That's going to be very different because they've already purchased the product. I don't necessarily need to educate them about what the product is. I might need to convince them as to why to buy it for the second time. But if they're loyal, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're loyal and they've been buying it for years, they're already in. And it's, it's probably easier to start advertising complementary products and new products. And the messaging will be very different. Yeah, it would. But it's still part of an omni-channel strategy. Yes, yes. So this is where your customer journey comes into it yeah. and where you map out those customer journey points. So with omni-channel marketing, you can plan those that that storyline for that particular point in time and that comes in really useful particularly if you're going to have them go to dsp level platforms and you're doing off amazon advertising and then you're bringing them back into amazon yeah and i guess amazon is going to be a key factor in your marketing plan and your marketing strategy because it's going to be one of the final points of that journey where they add it to a cart I'm not saying it's the only final destination because you can purchase through Etsy stores, Shopify, yeah, uh, your own website, and even the high street stores. But it is going to be one of the final points. Do you think there are channels within this omni-channel plan that won't be a final point? 
like Facebook? Would that yeah. direct someone to the Amazon store or their Etsy well, store? Well, it depends on the strategy of the company. Some companies sell directly on Facebook, for example. Yeah. You can't easily do that on, say, Twitter. So no. for there, you'd have to decide where your endpoint would be and what that customer journey looks like. You wouldn't have it on LinkedIn, for example. That's that true. Work. Pinterest have now put stores in place, so you can purchase on Pinterest. I didn't know that. I'm um, not a Pinterest user. I know. I, I'm not a big Pinterest user, but I am a Pinterest influencer. Don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's an interesting one. Instagram, for example, you've got the Instagram stores now, so you could purchase direct. But it depends whether or not you get enough information to get people to make a decision on the platform. And if you're finding that that isn't driving the sales as effectively of taking them to somewhere that they might trust more, yeah, then it might make more sense to send them through directly to Amazon where there is that level of trust. Shopify doesn't necessarily have as good a level of trust as Amazon, for example. So you may choose to, to bypass the Shopify store and direct them to Amazon instead because you're seeing better sales throughput there. We are finding that when talking to some of our clients that they're trying to redirect that external traffic to Amazon because there is a lot of trust with that brand, regardless of what you think of giant corporations. Amazon has also become a search engine. Less and less people are starting with Google to find out, okay, where can I buy this product? It's just, I assume I can go to Amazon and type in, show me the best health supplement, show me the best pet yeah. And they're just starting their journey on Amazon. So I guess if you're using all these other channels, try and direct them to your most profitable channel, your most notorious and the most exposed channel as well. Yeah, I think whichever channel you're going to be able to get your reviews on, you're going to get those proof points that show and build up the trust levels against your brand and your product. That's really key because people look for those trust points when they look to purchase. It's not just about what looks best. It's about what actually seems to be best to purchase and it's becoming more and more important having decent levels of reviews yeah and i find that with even just on amazon when we're running sort of custom creatives through the dsp off of amazon we find that the best converting creatives tend to be the ones that are native to amazon especially when we're talking about dsp and you've got an ad appearing on a local sports website or a local newspaper if the ad is one of amazon's responsive ads and it's got amazon's color scheme even though they're not on amazon they've got that sense of trust of okay when i click this i know where i'm going even though it's not as attractive as those bold and beautiful and colorful better created ads for, from our clients it's okay where is this advert going to take me is it going to take me to amazon is it going to take me to another website is it going to take me somewhere that's going to fill my computer or my phone with viruses? Right, exactly. So, yeah, it's not always about what looks best. It's about where that trust lies as well. Something we haven't talked about, Sarah, is budgeting. Mm. And I guess what I mean by that is how do we yeah, segment all of these different parts of the omni-channel? Where do we delegate different parts of the budget? Is it equal parts all the way down? guess we have to analyze the data at some point, but Starting from day one, where would I put budget? Because a lot of our clients, when they see Amazon doing well, they're very quick to say, okay, I'll take money away from here 
And I just want to say, hey, put the brakes on because if you take the money away from there, how are they going to find us in that original channel? Was that an important part? I normally start at top of funnel. Okay. And the only reason for doing that is if you haven't got the top of the funnel open wide when you're first testing stuff out, you don't know what's going to work there. And if you work your way down the funnel, adjusting budgets as you go further down the funnel and you start testing and you start seeing what's worked at the top of the funnel and then it just trickles into the rest of the stuff. So you don't need to do a lot of advertising at the lower parts of the funnel when you're just trying to work out what's effective. And then you can start turning off the stuff that's not so effective at top of funnel and bring it into the next level down. And once you start doing that, you then start to understand where your best performing channels are and actually where your customers are. So then you start tweaking it down. I would never turn off the top stuff just to add a new 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 channel in usually. That to me is... Damaging is probably the best phrase. Damaging the brand or damaging the funnel because you haven't checked whether or not that's your best performing channel that you've just turned off. And if you do that, then you're not, and you're doing something experimental with a different channel, you're going to just lose sales and potentially lose rank. Exactly that. We've definitely had people in the past who, when trying to explore DSP through our services, have tried to come up with where can I get that advertising budget from should i take it away from amazon definitely not because that's where my audiences are being built that i can target but we also try and discourage them taking it away from other channels especially if you're starting that new channel like you said usually as a marketer i would have put aside some budget for experimental marketing yeah so that you can test and try something out on a smallish budget but with enough budget there to be able to check whether it's effective or not and once you've got those stats then you can start looking at well now i've tested this now i know that this is going to be effective what isn't effective can i take budget from that to now make this one of my normal channels and then you get your experimental budget back and then you can go and use that for something else yeah now that's me as a research person going and sticking my my research approaches into stuff but that's how i would do it have a research budget within the marketing department yeah what chat gtp helps with too it does indeed <laughs> yeah can just going off on a tangent here you said Funny. chat gpt how can that be integrated or used in omnichannel marketing well there's an interesting approach that's been looked at recently by a few different companies um it's about the brand messaging so you could have chat gtp actually write the messaging at each of those levels in the customer journey if you tell it what data you've got available in each step of the customer journey and then ask it to put together five key messages in each segment of the customer journey focused on these things it will go off and give you some brilliant suggestions i mean it can do pretty much anything and sometimes it comes up with really interesting suggestions and ideas that you've never thought of yourself It's about it giving you inspiration at times, but also giving you structures to do it. So if you don't know how to write a customer journey, ask it. Yeah. How how do I write a customer journey for an Amazon advertising campaign? And it will give you all the steps to do it. And it will tell you exactly what you need to consider and exactly why you need to consider those things. And if it doesn't, you can ask it to tell you why it's (laughs) missing it. I mean, it's like having a teacher on hand. 
if you need that it. Is, yeah. Um, but at the same time, it can also do creative type work. And if you're trying to get a particular audience segment, you can ask it, what are the key color cord- color schemes for these types of people? What builds trust with these people or what will make them smile? You know, is it what colors make them smile or what messaging would make them laugh? I mean, I'll t- give, tell you something funny. I got chat GTP to write songs the other day. Amazing. Completely off tangent. But you could literally give it anything and it can turn it into something else. So you could take a song and turn it into an advert, for example. Or tell it to do an outline for a video ad and it needs to have a bit of humor in it. Yeah. And this is your brand details and all the rest of it. And it will go and give you all the information of how to put that video together, including any audio. And it can be hilarious, honestly. You don't want to know the ones I've put in <laughs> But yeah, it's amazing, honestly. It's going to revolutionize the way that marketing works, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. I saw something that one of our team shared from an event that they were at recently. It's like, if you're not using AI, you're going to get left behind because... Mm-hmm. It's the thing at the moment. It's the hot topic and everyone else is using it. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's making us lazy. It's not a a method of cheating either. I know there's talks of students using it to write their essays. That is cheating. But when we're in marketing, like you said earlier, inspiration. When I use it to help me write my sponsor brands, maybe I'm having a creative block. and It's just giving me different ideas, different punchlines. They don't always fit the character limit, but I can tweak that myself because I have that human element and can understand the character limit. Tom, you're using it right now with the outline for our, our podcast, actually. That was all written by ChatGPT. ChatGPT, incredible. Look at that. Even our podcast today has been brought to you by ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it gave us some good points and suggestions. And it, it's using it in general everyday marketing that makes it fascinating. But we have really gone on a tangent now. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah. Back to omnichannel marketing. So... Back into Amazon as well and talking about different tools that we can use within Amazon. So I must have mentioned a hundred times now through this podcast, Amazon supplies us with tools and they're always bringing new tools into the fray as well. But the two most important ones I can think of that will benefit you with omni-channel marketing and how that can influence your messaging, your targeting, your audiences, and potentially inform decisions across other channels would be looking at brand analytics and brand metrics. How is your brand compared to the other brands within that category on Amazon? Where do you stand within the median? Are you in the top 10%? Are you in the top 20%? Are you just lumped in with the remaining 60, 70, 80%? What is your impression share looking like? What are, actual, what are people actually searching for when they look for your brand? How many competitors are targeting your brand? When someone types in your brand name, how much of that impression share do you serve? In theory, I think most people assume that if someone types in a brand name, that's the only brand name that appears. But it's not true. I think only yesterday I typed in Nike trainers, looking at an example for some advertising. It took me a while to find a Nike trainer. It was just dominated by Reebok that day. Oh. So. It's really interesting that these companies who've got these huge budgets are still being fought over after these other companies. I mean, they're probably arguably both giants of the trainer world, but yeah, it surprised me. 
they, they would be fighting for that space still. For me, the key stats and metrics are are the ones that align to the goals and the KPIs yes. campaigns, right? I'm looking at sales revenue. I'm looking at customer acquisition, customer yep. retention, those engagement metrics, whether they're clicking through, the amount of time they're spending on the websites, and then the conversion rates and whether or not the customers are satisfied at the end of the process. And another big one that Amazon gives us is new to brand customers, whether yep. that's percentage or units ordered. That's, I think that's an incredibly useful one because it shows you yeah, how powerful your advertising is at each level. I know we can't do it at the sponsor product level yet, but through sponsor brand, DSP, sponsor display, we can see what percentage of that advertising is actually reaching a new customer base. Yeah. So if your advertising campaign at the moment is trying to hit top of the funnel and raise awareness and consideration, if 50% of those sales are new to brand, you probably need to increase that. You're still reaching people who already know about you and that messaging it's good that they're still buying through those ads so it's still effective and i guess the icing on the cake but i think I'd like to see that shift to at least 80 20 80 percent of that messaging is the other one that's tricky to do is attributing where those sales came from when you start yeah. looking at omnichannel yeah because obviously you've got a lot of channels that aren't on amazon necessarily that are driving sales so when we're looking at omnichannel advertising any tools that help determine where the customer came from and attributing the sale to a particular channel and a conversion is really useful. Likewise, any particular actions along that process, if we can attribute first touch, last touch, and any other data-driven approaches, then that is really helpful. Because as a marketer, that's like gold dust to us because we can then up the spend in certain areas to ensure these things continue. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me, Sarah? Yeah, I do actually. So, omnichannel marketing needs integrated analytics. What tools does Amazon provide that would work with the likes of Google Analytics or other services that provide universal analytics for omnichannel adverts? Wow. Okay. So the first one that comes to mind would be the Amazon attribution platform that gives a clear link between your starting point and how that ended up on Amazon. Because through business reports, I can see my organic sales, but I don't know where that journey started. I just know I've made $30,000 today and $10,000 of that had come from my own Amazon advertising. But where did the other 20 come from? Did it start on Amazon? Or was that linked from Google, or Facebook, or Pixel on a website, or an influencer? Through the Amazon attribution platform, that allows you to set up those links. So if someone hits your landing page, you can almost have a unique instance of that landing page, knowing that it came from a desktop device, a mobile device, a Facebook ad, a Google ad, even down to, hopefully, what keyword was searched if it started with a search engine. So that's an incredibly powerful tool. But that's also something you have to set up and make those links consciously yourself. It's not going to be retroactive and you yeah. can't turn it on. And I was going to say that that's the key, isn't it? Because yeah. actually you've got to think about how you're going to measure it right at the start. And yeah. people forget that, honestly. It's so easy to forget the tracking and the ability to be able to identify where people have come from. Everyone thinks about, oh, we need to get the message out. And actually... You start at the end, 
you start at how am I going to measure this? How am I going to get my KPIs and how am I going to measure them? Because if you can't do that, it doesn't matter how much budget you spend. You can't prove that that budget's been effective. Yeah. And if you can't prove it's been effective, then your boss, company owner or whoever, will turn around and say, I'm not putting more money behind that because I can't prove that that's where the sales came from. They could have been organic sales. And it's the ability to do that tracking. Now, Amazon obviously have various different approaches. They've got the attribution side of things. Do they also have tracking codes, cookies, any other unique identifiers that they put in place to enable us to be able to identify channels and actions across different areas? Is it just the URL or are there other approaches? At the moment, we have something called a pixel that we can put on web pages, whether that's at the end of a page requesting a quote for a service (laughs) because we don't just have to advertise products on Amazon. We can advertise services as well and have the ads on Amazon, link out campaigns, for example. But also we can have those pixels added onto a thank you for your purchase page. And then we can then try and advertise to those customers to encourage them to shift their shopping habits over to Amazon. Maybe it's a cheaper channel for us. We can also set up hashed audiences. We can take an audience list. So if we've built up a list of email addresses of people who have opted in to our our marketing, we can reach out to those and advertise to them. We do it as an agency. We have a newsletter and we can reach out with marketing to those people who've signed up, whether they're our customers or not, or, or from the past. So that's something we can do. So can, another question for you, can you manage to get customer email addresses or Amazon? I don't know the answer to that. Oh, <laughs> I used to be able to, and they definitely stopped it. I used to be able to reach out directly to a customer through the back end of the system. And I know them. you can do the messaging, the usual the yeah. message to customer, but I don't know whether or not the GDPR stuff changed it. On yeah, I, think it I think it did. And I used to only to... if the customer reaches out to you first. Yeah, I used to be able to see their name and their email address, yeah. but I don't think I can anymore. I think that changed. I think I'm just messaging. A number. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, interesting. Someone who's been identified by a, a, a barcode. <laughs> We've gone that way. Which then makes omnichannel marketing actually really interesting because if you know what that customer number is, is there a way of taking that number and tracking them through that number back up to the funnel to be able to give them a message and say, sign up to our newsletter here, yeah. for example. Um, so they can still build up their customer list. Yeah, I think there is because a lot of the talks I've seen on chat messaging use mm. very similar tactics to, mm. yeah, once someone's bought it, if they want to opt in, they can be put into the chat messaging system and you can start WhatsApping people and doing focus groups and saying, hey, we've got this new product coming. What do you think of this color scheme? And then your customers are dictating what your next product is because... Well, yeah, you get the influencer programs yeah. starting that way. Yeah. That's that's how those work as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of if there are any other tools like that. Yeah, we've covered pixels and Amazon tags. Just trying to think if there's anything else. Is there anything on the DSP side? Anything slightly different that you use? I know obviously DSP's got the pixel tracking. Yeah, we can do the pixel tracking. We can do the hashed audiences. We can take third-party audiences that have been created by other DSPs, other advertisers, we can make lookalike audiences. So you can take an audience that looks like 
someone who has just bought their first home or an audience that looks like someone who's just bought their first pet, for example. So there's things like that, but we can also have the ads serve pretty much anywhere yeah. on Amazon, off of Amazon, through apps, through the Amazon's shopping app. Even on video, yeah. can't you? Because you've got Twitch and all sorts. Yeah, the videos can go through Twitch. They can go through Prime platform. Then we can reach people who have yeah watched those videos. But we can also target people who have been, not just necessarily have seen our ads, but people who have watched specific shows or watched specific streams or watched specific genres, even down to people who have watched specific actors. Wow. So, yeah. And that's actually quite interesting because Amazon recently just announced that they are going to be doing more paid for subscriptions on Prime Video with ads. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's going to be a Prime advert. So you'll start seeing more adverts even if you've got a Prime subscription. Okay. Surprising because it always used to be Prime was was ad free, basically. And now they're talking about changing that and maybe taking that. Yeah, that's interesting because I feel like a lot of these streaming platforms, these OTT platforms that if you pay, that's why you get rid of the ads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and you're, now you're... they're starting to realize there's a revenue stream in there yeah. and they can start acting like terrestrial television and inserting ads into it. Yeah, so, well, I, I, yeah. yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't mind no. if it's before and after an episode or a movie, but I don't want it interrupting it. I just well, completely... Pay a premium yeah, i will pay that premium because <laughs> that's what that's the way it's going it's a premium service now to have no ads rather than yeah. a standard service i mean netflix has been doing it for a long time where you've got cheaper services lowest yeah. lower value streaming and they've added ads into some of that as well so it's not just just amazon doing this it's it's, no, it's to become not. a regular trend yeah even things like amazon music and apple music and Spotify, they have their free version, and that's where you get peppered with the ads every few songs. And it always surprised me that you can pay for it, and then there's no ads, which has become, I don't want to say an issue, but it becomes difficult to target people who are listening to Amazon Music as an Amazon advertiser, and through tablets, through Prime, through Alexa devices, because if they pay for those services, I can't reach them at all, because that level of advertising has just gone yeah it's interesting isn't it because actually they might be missing out on some really cool stuff yeah yeah but i guess you can still use the data collected about those people and remarket on dsp away from the amazon platform to be able to get to them so that then when they do come onto amazon they're aware of it at least that's it we can follow them around in other places like we can build up those profiles So, yeah, I mean, Prime works well for Amazon, not so well for advertising. (laughs) But hopefully, with one of the changes that they're making, it might end up being that you can still be able to get some kind of adverts across to those Prime users. Yeah. One to watch, isn't it? It is. So, to wrap up today, do you have a key takeaway for omni-channel advertising for our listeners? Well, they put me on the spot. I think my my key takeaway is start at the end. Start with your stats and your data, with your KPIs and what you're trying to achieve, and then work backwards from there. Think about your branding, your brand positioning, and those really core 
things messaging that is going to influence what someone's going to do and just remember that you need to be checking this stuff regularly and making sure that you're not wasting spend on channels that aren't performing okay well thank you so much sarah thank you for joining us today it's been a pleasure i think we could have probably gone on for another hour so i definitely think we can do a part two of this episode oh put ourselves on the spot there haven't we but yeah if you have enjoyed today's podcast thank you so much for listening reach out with any questions if there's more that you want to learn about omni-channel or even multi-channel marketing reach out to us on our social channels or even through the website let us know what you want to know and yeah that might kick us into gear to do a second episode on this but in general if you've got any questions why not drop us a message and you can reach us on all of those socials we are clear ads limited on all well-known social networks instagram facebook linkedin you can also find more information on this topic and many other advertising topics on our website clearadsagency.com and remember if you ever want to step back from running those amazon ads yourself feel free to give us a shout and we can look into your account for you and see if we are a perfect fit for you until next time don't forget to click like and subscribe and we will see you on the next episode bye everyone bye